Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we are dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcame growth challenges with creative growth hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs in the Aggie network. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. Dr. Adrian Guzman is a triple crown Aggie, meaning that he got his undergrad, graduate, and PhD all from Texas A&M. With over a decade of learning, Adrian is now leading a cutting-edge technology that dreams of literally impacting the entire world. So pass it back and listen up to Adrian as he shares some good bolts. Adrian Guzman, who is the CTO of HelioWave Technologies, Fighting Tech AA class of 2008, 2012, and 2019. Uh, recently, Adrian has been out on the pitch competition circuit, and he is just like a triple crown winner. He's a winner in the pitch competition circuit. I had the pleasure of first meeting Adrian at the Texas New Venture pitch competition, where he won not one, but two prizes um, and took home awards from the Texas New Venture competition, the competition itself, as well as the Brazos Valley Economic Development Corporation. And then our beloved McFerrin Center opened up a Aggie pitch competition, opening up to current and, and former students. And Adrian and his team was able to, to go and compete in that and took second place in that. So Adrian, you are a Triple Crown winner. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your wisdom and your your willingness to share with us today. You have had so much experience at AM. Can you narrow down one favorite memory that really stands out in your mind? I think there's many. Um, but for me, it's it's probably, you know, there's a certain camaraderie that is alive at AM and you really experience it in a lot of the different events that that happen at AM. And for me, it's probably that first football game uh, that I went to or the the first uh, time seeing the the Aggie band and going with my roommates and you know, people I, I kind of, you know, just just met and being able to experience that, you know, kind of camaraderie with people that you you really haven't, you know, had much interaction with. You know, it's just a whole different Type of environment and feeling that you get, you know, for, from even from being on the field versus being in the in the boxes. Love it, love it. And what's funny is that that a lot of Aggies. I mean, I, I would say an easy ninety percent of who we talked with, or ninety eight percent, right? <laughs> yeah. Has uh, said almost the same exact thing. You know that that football was their favorite memory. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, Helio Wave Technology. You know, what do you do? Who's your team? What are the key things that you guys are trying to do? So Heliwave Technologies is a sterility and bioburden testing industry uh, company. And essentially uh, for therapeutic manufacturers, currently right now they conduct batch processing. So for any type of therapeutics or medications that are received by patients, uh, typical manufacturers conduct batch processing. At the very end of the batch processing, they test for contamination. So to see if there's, there's any type of contamination in the medicine. And that leads them to having to dispose of large amounts of these precious therapeutics or medications um, because they don't know that they're their workflow or their production lines contaminated. So what HeliWave Technologies uh, we're, we're doing is we're developing uh, microfluidic chips. They're small chips that sit in the size of your hand that can increase the sensitivity, reduce the cost, uh, reduce the turnaround time, 
and also give therapeutic manufacturers the, the ability to monitor their production li- uh, line in real time. And this gives them comfort that not only their production line is contamination free, but then allows them to pinpoint exactly where contamination might be arising in their production line and resolve it without having you know, to waste a large amount of therapeutics. So they can just temporarily shut down their, their production line and without you know, wasting too much money. And then uh, once they resolve the issue, restart it. The second part of that question is for, for my partners. Um, I have two partners, which are basically my two collaborators from Texas a University when I was helping to develop this technology at AM during my PhD. And uh, we have uh, two business advisors and then also one uh, expert in the vaccine uh, production. And then recently uh, with the award of uh, the competition, we, we are now working with the Brazos Valley Economic Development Corporation and they're helping us as well in the, the business development side. That is so cool, Adrian, to be able to, to have that goes right into my next question. So I'm going to ask you your big, hairy, audacious goal in just a second. But how did you how did you realize that this was a problem that needed to be solved, but then that you had the expertise to be able to solve it? Because that to me, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, that's it's it's tough. You, uh, you know, I, I think for us, a lot of the technology that we've developed, it's we just kind of stumbled upon it. You know, it's uh, basically hours and hours of, of research in the lab, you know, trying to find something and you, you end up finding something else or some other weird phenomenon and then exploiting that phenomenon and trying to figure out which application that can be used for. It, you know, on the research and development side kind of ends there with publications, but on the on the business side, it's about taking that technology and then, you know, really making a product out of it. And and so that's a that's a whole nother um, you know, kind of aspect to the game that you have to learn. And so that's that's where I've kind of been learning, you know, the technology side and and developing the technology in the lab we've been doing for some time, but really taking that technology to, you know, the business world to the market is is uh it's a lot tougher challenge. So is it safe to say that when you started your research and everything that this was not what you were trying to solve? No, uh, no. So uh, I, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later about uh, some of the research that uh, I was focused on during my PhD. But through the development of the different chips that we've been creating for the past, you know, five plus years, it just happened to be that one of those chips, we, you know, realized we could use it for this particular application. We went and talked to the companies that are in this field to see if they had a need for that particular instrument. And um, you know, after discussing with several of those and kind of uh, doing a rough market analysis, we realized, okay, there's an opportunity here. And, and you know, we decided to go ahead and launch the company and, and move forward. Very cool. So so that is such an audacious goal. You had to start the company with a BHAG. So Adrian, can you tell us what your BHAG is? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Yeah. So, so as I mentioned, so there is an, another technology that we, that I've been helping develop in the lab that I currently hold a few patents with A&M. Uh, and that technology is basically for drug discovery. Uh, so there's another problem, which, you know, has been known for the past you know, 20 or so years, which is these superbugs or multi-drug resistant strains of, of microbes. So they're, you know, because of our misuse of antibiotics, there's a lot of these strains of microbes or, or uh, different cells that are resistant to our, to our drugs that we currently have. And with the decline in a lot of these um, broad spectrum antibiotic and, and therapeutics, um, you know, there's been a, a need for a lot of these, a new classification of drugs, essentially. And so we've been developing a chip in the lab to help reinvigorate the industry for drug discovery for uh, therapeutic manufacturers. And essentially what this will do is it'll bring brand new drugs to the market that 
you know, currently aren't there, classifications that currently aren't there. And this can help, you know, not only therapeutic manufacturers, but ultimately help patients and give us a new, a new line of therapeutics. And so, you know, it's, you know, obviously the industry is a lot bigger, there's a lot more money, but really for me, it's about, uh, it's about helping as many people as I can. And so, you know, that project uh, just touches a lot more people. It helps a lot more people. It can really help the entire world and, and not just one sickness or one ailment, but, you know, all the different types of, of ailments, you know, ranging from, you know, cancers, you know, blood conditions, you know, any, any type of, of um, you know, disorders or, you know, type of medication that's needed. So cool. Wow. That is so cool. Gosh, uh, you know, that's such a big, huge, big, huge, hairy, audacious goal to help change the world. That's, that's pretty awesome. So, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that, that you've had to date. What, what is, has been your biggest challenge? And, you know, since we're Aggie Growth Hacks, how have you, how have you hacked it? The biggest challenge for me has probably been a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that come into play. You know, you're, everyone's, you know, life, the life issues that you have going on with your family and things like that you know, there's a lot of hurdles that come up along the way, you know, personally with you, with, you know, time management, with uh, being able to acquire funds to, to even launch the company is a big hurdle. You know, I think with a lot of these things, um, you'll hear from a lot of other business, you know, advisors that you're going to hear a lot of no's and you're going to hear a lot of, you know, you get turned down a lot or, you know, people don't like your product or they don't think that you're, what you're developing is, is useful or can be used. Or the hardest part is being able to uh, listen to some of that criticism, not take it too personally, because a lot of people don't intend it to be personal and trying to look at it from their shoes or their perspective, and then find out why they're saying that and how you can pivot or change or make adjustments to be able to be successful and to continue on and, and uh, to be able to make the change that, that you want to make. Um, so I, I, I would say that for me, that's that's probably the hardest part is being able to learn, you know, because I'm the type of person who I like to get everything perfect, you know, every single time, you know, it has to be perfect. And, you know, in, in, in the business world, it's not always like that. You know, it's, it's not about, you know, making everything perfect, it's about what works, what's feasible, you know, what can make an impact. So that's learning that talent is probably the hardest thing for me. So how, how have you developed that? Is it by talking with mentors? I'm, a lot of that seems to be very personal growth, which is counterintuitive. I mean, yes, you're tweaking your product based on input, but it's more about how you internally between your own ears react. Right, right. It is. And, and you know, coming from an environment where I, I was very much, you know, you know, a lab rat, right? I don't have to interact with too many people. And I just kind of sit there in the lab and develop my technology to being out there and constantly talking to people. And, and you know, um, it's, a, it's a very different skill. But, you know, so I kind of had to retrain my mind a little bit. But, you know, I also, you know, try to watch as many, you know, videos, tip videos. And you know, there's a lot of good stuff they have out there and on, you know, YouTube and, you know, other types of articles and things that they give you for, for tips on how to approach, you know, different situations or different people or different audiences. And and so, um, you know, and, and obviously a lot of it's, you know, trial and error and failing on, mm -hmm. you know, failing and seeing what I did wrong and then just turning around and, and saying, how can I improve and try to make the adjustments? So Adrian, that's a really good segue into the next question. Both Chris and I are, are fascinated by you, your company, and, and the business model that you have. I mean, it's something that neither one of us have got a lot of experience with. So you're, the way that these types of technologies are developed is through a huge amount of investment 
from investors or owners or something to be able to kind of fuel the research to get to a viable product and then you go to market. That requires, like you talked about, a completely different skill set from your chief technology officer hat. You're you're the chief investment officer in going out and, and really doing that role of the CIO or the CEO and and finding the funds. You know, how, how do you how do you balance that in your your week? Yeah, it's it's very tough. Um it's it's been very hard for me. You know, I I really enjoy being in the lab. Uh you know, I enjoy uh you know kind of tinkering around and you know, you know running experiments and testing things in the lab and pushing things to the limit. And and so that's kind of where my passion really lies and what I, you know, excel at and enjoy. But I've had to I've had to kind of offload some of that to some of my coworkers or or some of my collaborators and and kind of, you know, give them some of that technical work to do and more sit back and and kind of play a, a leader role. You know, the the company and the finances of the company and, you know, um, it has to come first, you know, the doing the contracts and, you know, submitting and, you know, doing uh, VC pitches and, you know, trying to raise money and contacting people, all that, it, you know, unfortunately, it has to come first because without money, you, there is no company, right? So, um, mm-hmm. so that- Gotta have has, fuel. Yeah, right. So it has to, it has to come first, but- you know, you don't want to give up on any of the continual advancements that you're conducting with your technology. You always want to be trying to look at your technology and see where you can make improvements and be thinking about, well, if I'm on version one, what, what is version two look like? Or, you know, what does version three look like? And, um, and so, yeah, I think it's a very tough balance, but just, you know, it's a time management skill. Um, I'm still not the best at it, but you know, it's it's really about you know putting, I guess, the company first and and kind of putting the other things on the back burner, and then you know just trying to balance and you know say what needs to be done you know right now immediately, and what can I kind of put off for a day or two and kind of get in the lab and do a couple things, and then you know kind of come back to the company. So as someone that has started startups, right, has has been in startups uh, my entire <laughs> entrepreneurial career. That totally resonates with me because you wear multiple hats at any given point, you know, as the visionary, as as the CTO, as as whatever, right? But my question, really, that you know, going into our next question here is, how do you even get to the point where you are starting to talk with investors, and and what is that criteria that investors are looking for, right? Is it cash? I mean, what exactly is that? Because I've never. Honestly, and a lot of our folks that are listening to this might be in that almost stage and 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 might be thinking about a venture or something like this. Yeah. So so I mean there's there's obviously a lot of grants and government, you know, grants that you can apply for depending on what tech space you're in and and what, you know, um there's some grants that are focused on a certain area. And so you can definitely go look at and and try to uh, apply for some of those grants. You know, we've applied for some of some of those grants and they can be very useful, especially when you're, you know, in a startup and, you know, because if you don't have, you know, typically the VCs or some of the the later end investors, they want they want the IP. They want to make sure that your company has the IP that's fully patent, fully licensed. They want to make sure that you have some some business advisors. They want to make sure that you know they want to see your business plan. They might want a certain stake in the company. Uh, they might want to be on the board. Preparing for those pitches, you really want to you know of course have your you know slide deck and have a nice video and kind of a demo of your product and and the IP. I would say you know those are the kind of big hitting points. And it, obviously, if you're generating some revenue, that's also a very great and very appealing to some of those VCs, especially as you get uh, further on. You know, I think 
in the early stage, though, it's about partnering with uh, who's most beneficial for you. And, mm. you know, some say, well, it's better to just take the money early and just go ahead and run with it. And, uh, and other people say, well, it's better to take the money late and own majority of the company, you know, and, and I think for everybody, it, it might be a little bit different. But at least for us on, um, you know, being in the biotech industry, we're, you know, we basically have focused, we've had, we've been able to develop the technology and do the pilot run and, you know, for the technology right now, we're really starting to get into looking at mass manufacturing, but, uh, you know, at all stages, you need funding. It doesn't matter if it's the beginning or the end, you know, you need funding at all stages. And it's just about um, deciding when to go for what funding and then, you know, seeing who's available and what partners might, um, you know, best be suited for you and your company. Adrian, I've got to ask you, you said about five or six different skills during, hey, this, oh yeah, by the way, this is what you've got to do in order to raise money. That has nothing to, I'll bet you all of your degrees at A&M did not teach you how to create video, did not teach you how, you know, to have the poise and the presence of pitching someone to be able to know how to negotiate a, 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 an investment round and, and then look at the legal documents to know, is this a good deal or not? Where did you learn that? I don't, I don't know if it's just my personality or, or I pick up things very quickly, I guess, but I'm always been the type of person that wears many hats. Um, even within my own lab, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, focused on electronics and biomedical, but I've even, you know, branched out to optics and, you know, chemical engineering and some of these other. So, so, you know, it's being in a, in a, in a field where everything is so diverse you naturally have to pick up other things. Otherwise, you constantly are dependent on other people. And, you know, it becomes, it can become cumbersome. You know, it's it's nice to have a team around you and possible and, you know, to have other people that can wear some of those hats, especially at a very skilled or high level. But it's good to also at least know the basics of all those different, you know, different types of hats. And so, you know, so for me, it's just been kind of picking it up slowly here or there. Um, you know, nothing has really come all at one time. It's just been kind of picking up those those slowly over time. You know, yeah. so so my question really was going to be or is how do you like how much time do you spend on because we're, you were talking earlier about having to spend time on this and spend all time on this hat and and you know take this hat off put this hat on so how much time would you say that you spend on learning these new things that you have to learn you know obviously maybe sitting at home watching YouTube things or what do you, what, what's your process? Cause obviously you have a process that works really well if you're attracting investors and, and you've got all of these things kind of in progress. So what, what's your process there for learning these new skills? Well, well, I, I forgot to mention, I guess I should, I should have uh, told you beforehand, but I, I did uh, go through the i with the McFerrin Center. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, what is oh, yeah. it's basically a business development uh, program. <clears throat> And so I was able to learn uh, a lot there with the i and uh, we did it in, in Houston, Texas. And so I was able to not only understand, you know, about market analysis and, you know, about customer segments and, you know, how, how to, you know, make sure you're targeting the right audience and, and, and everything like that, you know, there's... I would say for me, a lot of it is, is reading and it tends to be, you know, uh, you know, I have kind of like alerts that come up whenever there's like a business article or something that comes up, small business article, small, small business development articles. Uh, I tend to read those, you know, just whenever I have time, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, couple YouTube channels that I kind of, 
you know, watch for here and there. They have a, a lot oh, of hang good on. tips. That's that's last lightning round number two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they have a they have a couple of tips there. Um, you know, so so I would say a lot of it is kind of reading, watching. You know, I do a lot of you know a lot of online searches when there's something I don't know. You know, I'll just go kind of look up and see you know different types of ways to do it, different type of ways people have done it, or different approaches, and kind of make my own decision or my own best uh, best uh, assessment of what might be best for me or for my company or my situation. Yeah. So, so I think there's, there's maybe not one, you want a one single trick. It's, it's kind of, you, know, you have to have the drive to be able to want to learn those things. And then just, you know, the, the internet is there. So, you know, just going and, and kind of trying to look and see what, what is not only, you know, good for you, but most interesting or most suitable for you or your company. We're going to roll right now and have a break and hear a message from our sponsor. All right. So that brings us into the lightning round, uh, which rules for this are simple, are to uh, answer within one to two minutes. And uh, so here we go. What's your favorite hack? This can be personal. It could be business, whatever. Anything goes here. What is your personal favorite hack? Personal favorite hack. I'd probably say for me, it's uh, it's the ability for to have perseverance and how that how I normally accomplish that is uh, it also ties into time management. But it's being able to kind of take that thirty minutes to an hour a day or so that you need to um, you know maybe go for a run or um, you know maybe you know go sit down and have a nice meal by yourself you know to to clear clear your head you know it can come in a lot of different forms but being able to know you know because I think one of the things that people suffer from is burnout a lot of times in a startup um, yeah. and so to be able to have the time management where you can say, okay, I'm going to take this 30 minutes or this hour, um, you know, of my time, you know, on said day, you know, this week or next week or whatever, and to be able to separate that time so that you can, you know, kind of collect yourself. Well, Adrian, what is one book, a podcast, a YouTube that you've gotten a lot of value of? You, you are a voracious learner. So where do you go when you want to learn? Um, so, so I, so I think the, the YouTube uh, channel that I typically use is called, um, I think young entrepreneurs forum. Uh, so they have a lot of short little tip videos there, uh, that you can go as there's a lot of different, um, videos are aimed at, you know, different, different aspects. Um, but I, I enjoy them because they're not, some videos can be just way too long and you just don't have to, that much time to sit there and watch entire videos. These tend to be those, you know, tend to be not too long fairly informative and uh, you can kind of search and figure out, you know, what you want or what you're looking for. So, you know, that's the, that's the form that I typically kind of just look out and just see, Hey, are there any videos that, you know, recently have come up? Love it. Love it. So what we all know how valuable really that the Aggie network is to us and as Aggies, Um, is there anyone in the Aggie network that you'd like to say huge shout out to? Partner of ours, Dr. Sarab, uh, who helped to to run the TNBC competition, uh, and all of his team. Uh, they did a fabulous job with the with the TNBC uh, competition, and uh, you know, I'd love to give a shout out to them uh, for not only hosting, uh, but for also um, uh, speaking to me and helping me in my personal uh, business development questions that that I had. Uh, also, uh, the other um, individuals uh, like Blake Petty and Laura Lee at uh, the McFerrin Center. So when I did ICOR, actually, uh, they were they were my two um, the two hosts of ICOR, and so I, I met them several years ago, and I've kind of kept in con- contact with them, and uh, they've been uh, very valuable in helping to not only open up doors. Uh, within the network, you know, Aggie Angel Network and, and um, you know, overall in, in the Aggie Network, but also to just help um, to kind of 
hone my skills a little bit on, you know, pitching and, you know, uh, kind of how to look at a business and a startup and those types of things. And, and, um, then obviously, you know, my, my two partners that are with Ag Angel Network and, and, uh, also our partner at the Brazos Valley Economic Development Corporation, who is Matt. Also like to give a shout out to him, uh, for supporting us and, and, uh, also for, um, for helping us, uh, with the business development. I think you've got the Mount Rushmore of Aggie Network right there with all of those folks. It's some amazing ags. And and it's the thing is that each one of them loves entrepreneurship and loves to see entrepreneurs succeed. So it's super cool that you're connected with them and living proof. So Adrian, how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and how can we support you moving forward? So if you want to get in contact with the company, you can email us at uh, business at heliowavetech.com. Heliowavetech is all one word. And you can personally email me at adrianrg74 at heliowave.tech.com. And then for our Facebook, you can uh, search Heliowave Space Technologies Space LLC. And also on Instagram, uh, you can search Heliowave Technologies, all one word. And then on Twitter at Heliowave, capital L. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So any of those platforms, whatever you prefer. Uh, we have our, our pages are relatively new, but we're, we're going to be posting uh, some new videos and, and uh, some of the technology here in the next month or so. Uh, so, you know, anyone would like to follow, then you can kind of see the technology develop. And uh, later on towards the end of the year, hopefully we'll be doing the, the pilot runs and uh, posting some more cool things there and, and uh, launching the technology. That's great. Is there anything right now that we can help you with? Or is it just a matter of encouraging, learning about you and, and supporting you? No, you know, I think uh, we can we can definitely exchange um, contacts and uh, you know uh, kind of exchange our uh, our plugs and you know hopefully I can gain some uh, interest from you guys and kind of send some some folks you guys way as well. I think I have several friends who are interested in you know different entrepreneur you know business advice, so kind of have them tune into your podcast. But yeah, I just appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be here and you know the bit of exposure that you know you're, you're allowing me to have um, you know everything helps at at this stage you know any help that i can get is is tremendous so Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on and sharing your knowledge uh, with the Aggie Entrepreneur uh, community and with Aggie Growth Hacks. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that amazing or what? There were so many valuable hacks that Adrian gave us. What was your favorite, Greg? Chris, I don't think I can narrow it down to just one. I mean, uh, just Adrian's passion and just his journey has been very encouraging and inspiring to me. But if you're going to nail me down to one, I think that when he talked about his tenacity and his perseverance, this is something that every entrepreneur knows that they have to have. But really to be able to be in the type of company that he is in and to realize that you have to look forward five, six, seven years maybe before you even start selling anything and generating revenue and to have the tenacity and the conviction that this is going to change the world, you know, to me, that was that was the number one takeaway that that I had. And I'm so, so honored to be able to talk to Adrian about it. What about you? Well, obviously I agree with you. I always do that. But you know, uh Adrian, I, I think he mislabeled himself. He's he called himself the C CTO, right? But he's really the CEO because it's the CEO that has that long-term vision like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna go with my tried and true, which is blocking and tackling. Block right? and tackle, baby. Block and tackle, baby. <laughs> he, he kept talking about that, about time management. And when you're wearing so many hats, you're doing so many different things. Obviously, 
that comes into play. You absolutely have to, at some point in your entrepreneurial career, learn how to block and tackle your time. So, you know, I'm going to beat that drum and beat it and beat it and continue to beat it some more is that blocking and tackling is super, super important. But I've got a number two. I've got a <laughs> number a two bonus. here. Bonus is the ugly baby syndrome. I love it. Absolutely love that right there. And in, in the simple fact that, you know, we as entrepreneurs, we do get a little too close to our own products and services, right? And mm-hmm. when, especially when we're creating them from scratch and we have to ensure that, you know, and I've, I've been very guilty of that, you know, back in the early 2000s, uh, me and my business partner created uh, some software that is now mainstream, right? But it was not at all taken by the educational community whatsoever. And it flopped. It completely flopped. And just simply because it was before its time, we didn't have a whole lot of people that we talked to about it before we spent all this money and created it, right? Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. And that was a huge lesson that I had to learn personally. And I wish that I had talked with the McFerrin Center about that before we had started this and learned about ugly baby syndrome. So that's that's my bonus takeaway. But that's that it, it's kind of the two sides of the same coin. I mean, you, you have to be open-handed and realize that your baby might be ugly, but then you have to have the perseverance and the tenacity to be able to tweak or change it or, you know, to, to take correct feedback, but still drive on. So uh, how how an entrepreneur does that is one of the things that makes entrepreneurship so special. And it makes it so amazing when entrepreneurs do succeed, which is why we we love talking with them and love sharing and and expanding our network. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Chris and I hope that you enjoyed it. And we also hope that you leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us right now. Make sure that you check out our website at aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear all of our previous episodes. You can connect with Chris and I. And while you're there, make sure you check out the monthly hack shops where we tackle some of the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs have. And then we talk to an expert and have a deep dive that provides actionable and tangible advice. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies, Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just search up the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head on over there now. Join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them. Whoop!